2: Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more. Right now you can save $50 on Select Battery Tool Sets. Real steel. Offer valid on Select AK System sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details.
3: Good morning football is a production of the NFL in partnership with iHeartRadio.
1: Welcome to Good Morning Football, live here in New York City, halfway through your week as we wind down the month of August. I'm Jamie Erdahl, that is Kyle Brandt, Peter Schrager, and Jason McCourty. It's time for the block. The block. Tom Palacero awake with us this morning, our NFL Network insider. Tom, Jonathan Taylor, we were all waiting on bated breath. 4 p.m. Eastern was the deadline yesterday. Taylor, still a member of the Indianapolis Colts, but we won't see him on the field for the first four games as he continues to remain on that PUP list. What's going on in Indy?
4: Well, that's right, Jamie. The Colts, with no trade materializing, moved Jonathan Taylor to the reserve physically unable to perform list on Tuesday, which means that he is out for at least the first four games. Now, there were trade talks between the Colts, his agent, Malki Kawa, and multiple other teams, including the Dolphins. My understanding is no trade was closed prior to Tuesday's 4 p.m. team imposed Trade deadline. It's a complicated deal to do here because the Colts want significant compensation, more than the Panthers got from Christian McCaffrey last fall, and Jonathan Taylor wants to be paid at the top of the market in a down market at a time that he is coming off of ankle surgery. But Taylor's trade request. Continues to stand. There's nothing precluding those talks from continuing here. The NFL trade deadline, which is ultimately the one that matters, is still two months away. In other news, the Patriots cut all their quarterbacks not named Mac Jones. That includes Bailey Zappi, who started a couple of games for them last season and won those games, as well as preseason sensation. Malik Cunningham both these names are going to be interesting to watch on waivers today if they are not claimed and it's quite possible that they will return on the Patriots practice squad but both players would also be free to sign with another team teams have until noon eastern time today to file those waiver claims Jamie
1: Tom, thank you so much. Colts and the Patriots play in Germany later on in November. Mm. You're hoping all of this is resolved by then, but we will have to wait. Until then, we'll rely on Tom Pelissero for the news for all topics. Thank you. Thanks, Tom. Tom, talk to you a little bit. So, Mac Jones, just the only guy in the Mets quarterback room right now. Everyone else's tape has been torn off their locker, and it's just Jones right now. What's going on with the Patriots and the moves they made yesterday, Jason, to have a solo quarterback right now?
5: Yeah, kind of interesting. I think you watched it and you're like, all right, this Malik Cunningham guy, he was really good in the preseason. He flashed in week one. Could they keep him and make a project out? And it was like, all right, Bailey Zappi. Like, it's him and Mac Jones. Those are the two guys. Hell, we went into training camp thinking that Bailey Zappi was going to be pushing Mac Jones in that room. And it's been Mac the entire preseason as a starter, getting all the first team reps. So when Bill decided, to cut both of these guys, I started to think. I'm like, all right, what could Bill be thinking? I try to put myself and Bill Belichick's go mind on. And, and, and Bill sitting there, he's saying to himself, all right, self, who are the guys out there that I may want to get? So I was like, all right, let me start to think of the veteran quarterbacks who got released in the league over these last two 48 hours, or whatever you sure. want to say. And you're like, all right, maybe he's looking for an upgrade on Bailey Zappi. Bailey Zappi didn't have a great preseason, so then you start to go down the list, and it's just like you're on like a dating app or something. And you're yep. looking at somebody's profile, you see a name, you see an image. And I'm like, all right, Trevor Simeon, all right, he, he was cut and Browning got the second job over. Maybe they didn't want him there. P.J. Walker seemed like a perfect fit in Chicago in the same mold as a Justin Fields. They kept the D2 quarterback over him. Tim Boyle, good friends with Aaron Rodgers. Maybe you bring him in. He knows a little bit about the Jets system. Will Greer was absolutely fantastic in Dallas' last preseason game. And then obviously Colt McCoy is Colt McCoy. And I'm like, maybe it's one of these guys. Greer was just picked up by the Bengals, so he's off the list now, Will Greer. So
6: you're down to one, four more now. You're going
5: through the speed dating. You get up and they're like, ah, I just found someone in the next go-round. So you just get up and you switch chairs. And as I'm looking at that, I'm like, I don't see it. I don't see Bill going for one of those guys. There's a few young guys that were released, like a Tommy DeVito with the Giants, but you have a young Bailey Zappi, so why trade him in for another young guy? So it took me to the point where I'm like, Bailey Zappi's coming back at some point. This is no different than 2021. Mac Jones becomes a starter, Cam Newton's released. Bryant Hoyer's release, and then Hoyer's brought back the next day on the practice squad eventually to be elevated. Mm-hmm. Yes, they're gambling a little bit here. Bailey Zappi could get picked up on waivers, but I think this is a move where they're trying to do some other things on the roster, some other guys might have had to make the initial team, then placed on IR, PUP, where they can maybe come back later on. Not PUP, IR, come back later in the season. I expect Bailey Zappi to be back in the building and to him be him be Mm. back. I'll put my
6: hand up and I'll say it straight up. I didn't watch the two and a half games of Patriots preseason football. I saw highlights, I watched a couple, but you were there watching every watching, single snap. Yes. To a man, Bailey Zappi was not good. Not good. Mm-hmm. None. And not good. I've heard, and I this isn't, a, we're not opening the show with you know, tearing down Bailey Zappi, a yeah. former fourth round pick. But if they're going so bold to say we can cut our backup quarterback, and we are so confident that if one of the other 31 teams pick him up, God bless him. Well, if you're Bailey Zappi, why do you want to go back there? Mm. If I'm Bailey Zappi, I'm like, get me as far away from that Mm. situation as possible. I'd be embarrassed. I'd be insulted. And I'd say, clearly... They think pretty lowly of me that in my second year in the NFL after I started a... You Monday
1: know, or, night football.
6: Yeah, if I came in <laughs> off the bench and, and, try, and with chants and cheers. <laughs> if I'm that terrible that they'd rather have you know the scraps of another team, then why should I be there? So I'm curious to see the Bailey Zappy part. But yeah, everyone on Twitter was like, well, they'll just bring back Bailey Zappi and he'll be on the practice squad and they'll bring back Cunningham. If I'm Zappy, do I want to go back to there? If I'm the Patriots, that is some statement to say you're like, there's other positions we need. Hey, we're bringing back eight, eight linebackers? We can't have a backup quarterback? I think that Belichick does things on his own way and does his own path, but like, the Zappi topic? I never expected us to start a show in late August talking Bailey Zappi, but, <laughs> you know, at one point, does the player look at the Patriots and say, you know what, there's other teams. Bailey Zappi could be on a practice squad somewhere else. I'm sure he could find a way. I'm curious if Bailey Zappi gives them the stiff arm and says, you know what, I'm not going to come back tail between my legs and say, yes, sir, may I have another. Mm. I'm going to say, no, go find another backup quarterback and then see what they're playing. Peter,
1: in. Is- is it cheaper to do it that way? Why this form of business no. execution? No. As, as no- they want to
6: get extra positions. No. They don't yeah. want to lose extra So yes. you can only keep 53. So if you let go of a backup safety that you really like and you think another team will pick them up, well, then you'll you'll keep the backup safety. But... In this case, they're like, you know, if 31 teams want Bailey Zappi and they want to offer him a little bit more yeah, on the practice yeah, squad, sure.
5: yeah. go right ahead. Their thought is there's not going to be they're calling another his team luck. that's going to want wow. him. Wow. Well, well, but if you're well, Zappi, <laughs> if there's no opportunity that allows you to be the second string quarterback, I guess you're right. It's like, all right, do I go somewhere else and well, right, you know what, I'm just going to be the practice squad guy and there's two guys he in front of me. He
6: can't be the second quarterback for the Patriots if they are so bold to say, I'm going to cut you. you. But wouldn't that mean.
1: qualify for Malik Cunningham, too? Doesn't that work for both? He's not, yeah.
6: Cunningham's not. He's developing. And you,
3: you're saying, well, oh, Belichick does things his own way. I'd <laughs> be like, that's the understatement the extreme. of all time. Yeah. This is a full Logan Roy, I don't care. Mac Jones
6: is a tackle away from being
3: out. I know. But I think he's like, he's looking at Zappy and Cunningham, and Belichick's like, I love you, but like, you are not serious people. Like, he just says it straight to him. <laughs> that's like the ultimate <laughs> cut down. Listen, if Mac Jones is good, and there's the two patriarchs, <laughs> we're spending a lot of time talking about who his backup is. Hopefully it doesn't matter. Who cares? He doesn't get hurt. He's good. I think it's almost an indictment of Mac that we're like, Whoa, you're letting go of Bailey Zappy mm. like do we talk about Justin Fields' backup? Jamie's going to later because that's an interesting story, but not for the football sense. <laughs> Peter, I'm going to put you on the spot. Let's see. Yeah. Trevor Lawrence. Do you know who his backup is? Who? I, I bet they, you don't. They just cut Nathan. I work, know it. Uh, do you?
5: CJ Beth. It's CJ, C.J. C.J. Beathard, yes. I know they cut But C.J. we're not like,
3: who's Lawrence's backup? But we're like, we better have somebody for Mac yeah. because we were having many <laughs> conversations here about, yeah. like, Bailey Zappi might be the better guy. We were in all that stuff. I mean, yeah. ex- everybody in the world got excited about Malik Cunningham a couple yeah. of weeks ago. Yeah. Tom just called him a sensation because he was running around a little bit. So, listen, Mac should hear this. Like, there's a lot of things flutter about who's behind me, and it's not because of my health. I think it's a little bit because of how good I am. I really do think so. And listen, Jason, to your point, we know somewhere that they need a watchful protector and a dark knight, and somewhere Belichick is like, just get me Hoyer. Where is Trade Hoyer some pick to the, the Raiders. He made the Raiders. team? With Jimmy. <laughs> so, like, Belichick probably just wants Hoyer. And Maybe he's just waiting. Aiden O'Connell pick, played seven. really well for the Raiders. Yeah, he did. He, he did. But there's, listen, yeah. there's a Belichick hubris. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm gonna go on record. Like I, I think I said yesterday. I think the Broncos are the most mysterious, interesting team in the league. It might be the Patriots. might be. The fact that they're like, we've got a game in 20 minutes. Just clear out the room because we'll just throw it to Mac and we'll be fine. He's extremely mobile. He'll never get hurt. And he's rock solid as a player. So just clear everybody out. We're not even going to carry a second quarterback. Who Do cares? Do you think when the season starts and they play the Eagles, I mean, is Bailey Zappi the number two? Yeah,
1: else? To Jason's point, who else well, like, he would brought you up go up those,
3: those lists of names. Like, if, if they're bringing in Trevor Simeon now, just learn it's the offense. Oh, Mac went down on the first series. Trevor, <laughs> see those banners up there? they you're the guy now. <laughs> it's, guys it's, like that, I don't
6: think it's going to be crazy. guys like that because they're going to demand a veteran minimum salary of $2 mm. mil- Like, P.J. Walker was making $2 million from the Bears. Tyson Badgen is going to make 400000 And right. that's like little, but... They're not going to
3: give some big contracts. But Belichick like wouldn't even talk in the offseason that like Mac is your quarterback. right? I know. And he, he, like He wouldn't talk on it. It's almost like he's making the statement about he's literally my quarterback and my only one. Clear everybody out. I, it's, it's an unbelievably strange thing. Most mysterious team in the league is now the Patriots over the Broncos.
1: Okay, so I was going to ask you that. You guys yeah. have been on the show now seven years, <laughs> and you were around the Patriots, and you, both on Indeed. the team and when your brother was there is this maybe not comparison to another team is this the most mysterious Patriots offseason mm. in recent memory because I mm. continue to say like after the draft whatever like do something that convinces yeah. me you're showing us what your identity is yeah. going to be and this does not qualify
3: well, we've had that off season. remember when Belichick went shopping and was just buying every tight end and everything yeah. He's like, <laughs> we're going to head tight ends and yep. run the ball Smith. Henry. yeah and, and then that they showed us didn't really work yep. Yep. and now I don't know I know they're going to try to play a lot of defense Jason and run I guess yeah. like but like First and 10 at the 25 for the Patriots in like 12 days. (laughs) What are they doing?
6: There was that offseason after Brady where it was COVID year and it was Stitty, 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 and then they're like, we're going to go sign Cam Newton. Yes. We're we're, we're, going to go with Mm. Mm. Cam. That was interesting too. Mm -hmm. Wow. There's no Stidham or Cam Newton backing up Mac Jones
0: right now.
1: No, Mm. there's no. no Stitty's backing
5: up Russell Wilson. Stitty had a game too last season. Stitty talk. Lonelist man in the quarterback
1: room. Do you want more action? NFL action this season. NFL Plus brings you live games on mobile, NFL Red Zone, NFL Network, game replays, and so much more all in one place. We should plant a camera in the Patriots quarterback room. We're taking it out of the 49ers and we're putting it in there. We're seeing who Mac Jones is having a conversation with. Sign up today at plus.nfl.com. Terms and conditions apply. NFL Plus has some cool stuff. Sure
6: does. Yep. Year by year, I reveal my breakout players list the week before the start of the season, and then I like to pick the guys that are a little under the radar. Nick Bolton wasn't on everyone's top of mind last year, and then he went out and had the biggest play of the Super Bowl. Years past, Mahomes before his MVP season. We can go on and on. I could pat myself on the back a million times. Here's what we got so far. Jahan Dotson. Tony Adams, undrafted guy, he hasn't even been highlighted on Hard Knocks, so you still don't yeah. even know about him. Cam Taylor-Britt, number one in Cincinnati. Greg Dulcich, we were laughing yesterday, like, who? Greg Dulcich, tight end in Denver. And then Jalen Petrie, who's number five? Do you want a sixth-round rookie? Yes, I do. I do. How about Patriots-wide receiver Demario Pop Douglas? Pop uh, Douglas. Let's go Pop Pop is making the list as a breakout player, and I don't usually go rookies, but I had to go Pop Douglas. Number 81, the old Antonio Brown number. He's going to yeah. be the underneath guy, and he's a sixth-round pick out of Liberty. This guy's nickname was Pop. His grandfather passed away when he was one year old. They called him and his family Pop in honor of him. Had four different quarterbacks at Liberty, including Malik Willis, yeah. and yet still put up monster numbers in every one of those offensive seasons. Mm. The Patriots coaching staff had him in the East-West Shrine Game, and they were like, "Keep that quiet." Drafted him in oh, the yeah. sixth round, and 22 years old, sixth-round pick, two-time leader in receiving and receptions and receiving yards in college, 2021 and 2022. So you're like, "There's no way this guy." Liberty, Let's go baby! Liberty turns out talent, guys. Over the years, we have seen some guys. Malik Willis, of course, a couple years ago in the draft for Shaw Jennings, Dancing with the Stars slash New York Shaw Giants. Shaw Jennings. Mm. Sam Congato, the good doctor. He's in there as well. And, of course, Eric Green, the old Steeler, Pop Douglas, sixth-round pick. And you're like, yeah. well, what about that wide receiver's room? Where does he fit in? Keep an eye on him. And now what's the expectation? 100 catches? No. <laughs> but if you're going to be watching the Patriots, just know that this guy, Pop Douglas, He's a part of the offensive game plan. They've been keeping him quiet a little bit. He's had great practices. Maybe not a national name yet, certainly not being drafted in your fantasy leagues. But when you make the breakout players list, it doesn't come just me throwing stuff at the wall. This comes from Intel inside every organization. Pop Douglas on okay. the list Hit at number 5'8",
3: 190. I looked it up. 5'8",
6: 190. <laughs> yeah. Shifty as they come. Pop Douglas, number five. Who's number four on the list? How about a Super Bowl champion and a guy who started to become a lockdown corner at the end of last season? Injured to start his rookie year, top 25 pick, and then Trent McDuffie was starting to put the clamps on guys as the season went on. You go down the the stretch here in the playoffs, Trent McDuffie might have been the best defensive back on that Chiefs team. He was everywhere, causing problems, causing havoc, and I know going into this season... I talk to the Chiefs guys all the time. Like, who's in the breakout player? Is it Rice? Is it is it Deneric Prince? Is it all-? talk about our guy Trent McDuffie? Okay, that's the guy right now because he's one of the leaders of the defense. And in the Super Bowl, this guy stepped up in the biggest of ways. Was all over the field making plays. Oh. Remember. Came out of Washington, was their first round pick last year. They traded up to get him. They had Karloftis in the, at the back end of it. The two of those guys both played roles. But as the season went on, Trent McDuffie got better and better and better and was all over the field in the biggest games. You look at him, also just 22 years old. 21st overall pick out of Washington every single game that he played in he started at corner Mm. trent mcduffie looking to be one of those db number ones and then you look right now they're snap leaders okay since week nine including the playoffs obviously it was bolton who's their defensive leader in the middle there and then you got trent mcduffie right after him at 815. the guy plays the guy hits the guy covers we've already mentioned one corner on this list cam taylor Britt in cincinnati I've got Trent McDuffie as the number four breakout guy. Demario Pop, Douglas. Everyone's searching on those fantasy things. Is it even listed? He's listed. He's deep down there. <laughs> Last round pick in your fantasy draft. You will not be disappointed. Demario Pop, Douglas, Jason McCourty. You called a lot of those Patriots preseason games. Am I revealing government secrets? Talking about
5: Pop Douglas. You—they are raving about Pop Douglas so much that that one preseason catch you showed—that was probably the only one he had. Didn't have they much did action. They did not play him in a preseason season game because they have Bailey kept him. missing him. <laughs> they love him in practice. He's a guy that they've had with the first team. He's ball- another six-round draft pick, Booty and the same wide receiver on two six-round draft picks. Both made it. Balling. Balling. Oh. Ballin'. Yeah.
1: Peter, Trent McDuffie, such an under-the-radar pick last year for the Chiefs. I don't know if it's because they were so good or you just, you're just you so distracted by the shiny yeah. object that the offense is, but what a year for him to come into the league and win a Super Bowl and like learn under fire.
6: Spot on, Jamie. It's a first-round pick, a lot of pressure on him, doesn't start the season, and then comes in in the last 14 games as one of their best defensive players. And yet, to your point, they won the Super Bowl, and we don't talk about Trent McDuffie yeah. right. much because they've got so many other talented players on the team. This is the year he steps up and he's like, wait, that CB one question and around the league, mm-hmm. like
1: I'm That's in the amazing. conversation. That's cool. That's really cool. All right. Great list, yes. Greg. Top three tomorrow? Top, three tomorrow. Ooh. Oh, top three
6: tomorrow. We are going number one. Top Give us a little little teaser. Well, I broke my rule. I went with a rookie here. Can I do it again? Huh? We'll
1: see. Oh,
3: breakout. Mm. Oh, Stay tuned. Tuned.
1: Uh. my question is like, who pop? Who's thrown to you, man? I wish the best for you, but what's Mac. going on there? Back to pop. I know. Mac to pop. Uh, you guys, Stop, guess what? Sean McDermott like is coming on the show. All right. No. Our
3: old friend. He's knocking out push-ups on his knuckles. His driveway right now. Let's we know he's like, oh,
1: ooh, hey, ooh, hey, ooh, hey, oh hey oh, oh
3: and that kids is how I met your mother.
0: <laughs> you go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower.
2: Offer valid on select AK systems through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details.
1: Hey, it's time for Whiteboard Wednesday. We saw Dalvin Cook pop up uh, during the episode of Hard Knocks last night. He's practicing now with the Jets as a newly signed running back. And of course, consider the source, he was asked about the Jets' chances to win the Super Bowl this year. And the running back for the Jets told reporters, quote, I think it's very realistic. I think it's something to be excited about, end quote. All right. Uh, The Dark Horse team, if you want to consider the Jets that, with a realistic chance to win the Super Bowl would be. It's kind of an oxymoron. Dark Horse team, realistic chance, but Peter
6: spin yourself in circles in this market talking about the jets and then just as you're talking about the jets someone will tap you on their back on your back and be like how about my giants and you're like giants are really good i'm gonna go the new york the giants, giants dark mm. horse super bowl contender this year they made the playoffs last year they won a playoff game on the road beat a 13 win vikings team and they only got better this offseason. and the big complaint everyone's like well their schedule is going to be harder Guess what, guys? It's August. Every team's schedule is looking hard <laughs> right now. The Giants are really good. They paid Daniel Jones. Saquon seems to be all on board, and they added a ton of weapons in Waller and Paris Campbell and Jalen Hyatt. And I like the defense with Wink. So I'm going to say the Giants, dark horse Super Bowl contender. Not saying I'm picking them to win the Super Bowl or anything by that. But if you're talking about a team and you're looking down the list and being like, well, maybe the Gi- I can see the Giants making a run. Guess what? feels a little eerily like those 2011 Mm. and 2017
5: teams. I hear that. I like that. team. You you? You, you like them. They're good. I'm going with the Seattle Seahawks. This is a team that obviously was good last year. Made the playoffs, but I don't know if anyone's looking at Seattle right now and they're saying "All right, I like Geno Smith to lead this Pete Carroll-led team and go on a Super Bowl run and be hoisting the Lombardi at the end of the season. But I look at Seattle and they added Devin Witherspoon. Bobby Wagner came back to town. Their defense struggled a little last year. Jamal Adams should be out there for them at the safety position, they've added some pieces of guys that have been there, now back, I think they can make a run that possibly nobody's expecting, and maybe be a team at the end of the season, like, wow. From Russ to what the hell were they going to do next And now we're talking about a Pete Carroll and Geno Smith team that they're playing in the Super Bowl. Who knows?
3: All right. So I, I had Giants and Seahawks. These guys, you both went triple A ball. Let's, let's go to the American football conference. Okay. Mm. All right. Here's the fact. Hey. All right. The last time it was a real situation with real football for the Browns quarterback, he's a top five guy. Not top 10, not top 12, top five. Superstar. Fantastic. The Browns might have one of the top quarterbacks. They may have the league's best running back. They may have the league's best pass rusher. They have a coach of the year. They have won in the playoffs at least a few years ago. And that AFC, and specifically the AFC North, is going to cannibalize itself one way or another if the Browns can tread water, win, win, win. And the Deshaun thing takes off, and he resembles who he looked like three years ago. He's not an old man. not coming off an injury. He's fresh rested, studied, ready, he could be fantastic. The Browns being the AFC team would be an unbelievable thing. And the Bills, Bengals, Ravens, Steelers kind of pick each other off, and the Browns are like, we figured this thing out under Stefanski. Miles Garrett's the Defensive Player of the Year. Darius Smith is in the conversation, and we are going to rough people up. I think this is the Browns. You know what I'm thinking There's about?
6: There's a lot to like. I'm picturing uh, thousands and thousands and thousands of Browns fans boarding a trip to Vegas for a oh week my. to celebrate. <laughs> oh <laughs> oh <my laughs>
1: celebrate their team finally making it to Could oh, you oh, imagine? Oh,
3: what if they're meeting the F- Philadelphia fans when they get there? They?
1: Can you imagine? <laughs> it did Kyle oh, remember last year? You were talking about what would have happened if it had been Bills, Bill's Eagles. Eagles. Yes. Yes. Yeah. What would have transpired at the waste Arizona. management open? Yeah. We yeah. yeah.
3: would need to start <laughs> collecting right. like canned goods and shotgun shells and like yes, all that. stuff. exactly. Gasoline.
1: So maybe that's our opener, our, our opening oh. assessment of those fan bases. Here's the question. Which team has the biggest target on their back? Do you think it's the defending champion Chiefs that Rodgers acknowledged himself, or is it the aforementioned New York Jets? It's funny,
6: right? Every year, it's the, the the Super Bowl champion has this big target on their back. Right. everyone's got in their locker room. I feel like people want to take down the Jets more than the, the Chiefs this year. Mm. I think the, the humble pie, the humility, the, the let's serve them what they actually deserve, and let's see what it is. Like, that is feeding a lot of people. To see Jihad Ward, who is not a household name, but is an NFL player, get into it with Rodgers in a preseason game Mm -hmm. that is just going to give you a little wrinkle into what's probably being said in locker rooms across the country as we start every show talking Jets ESPN starts every show talking Jets Hard Knocks chooses the Jets the NFL has got to find a team for the Hall of Fame game they choose the Jets Monday Night Football starts with the Jets guess who they got the next couple weeks Jets 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 Jets, all over Mm -hmm. I think it rose people wrong I think players across the league I think teams across the league and I certainly think you know, organizations as a whole roll their eyes at this Jets thing and they can't wait to take down the Jets and say, same old Jets. So. In the weirdest of circumstances, we have this graphic. Like, if you had asked me in February which team has a bigger target on their back before Rodgers got here, I would laugh and say, well, the Jets are just kind of like a, a dead dog that people just beat up on and just kick them well, That was kind of you know, sad. Yeah. But anyway, okay. the Jets have a target on their back. I think if you were to ask the Bills right now who, they, who they'd rather take down, I think they'd say we'd love to beat the Jets 38-0 after all the Jets talk. And the Chiefs, we respect them. They're worthy opponents. We're not, like, yeah. you know, circling them on our, right. our board and throwing darts at them. The Jets. Well, um, the Bills Jets. would say,
3: "Well, we're worried about the team we have on our we're schedule, week, which and, happens yeah. to be the Jets." McDermott yeah. well, will come on and say, "Like we're <laughs> yeah. not thinking about the Chiefs right now." Jason, let me let me ask you: Do you think that the defensive players specifically around the league? Do you think they like Rodgers? Like, are they fans mm. of his? Do you think they like him as a guy on the field and all that?
5: There's a huge level of respect. But sure. I think at the same time, like, he's one of the greatest. So you want to go in there and, to what Roger said out there, don't poke the bear when he threw that touchdown pass. You want to go poke the bear. You want to go see what you can get out of him. And that's what Ward was doing on that play. He hit him, again, a little extra shove. And I think, to Shreg's point, that's all the hard knocks. That's all the buildup, especially for a Giants team who was in the playoffs last State year. Market. Who play in the same exact stadium on Sundays. And it's just like, here's this extra shove. because just like we don't I don't care about you just got to this team and hard knocks and all of those different things, but I still circle back and I think it's the Chiefs. I think at the end of the day, all the pub and everything the Jets are getting, yeah, hypes that game up a little bit more, but the Chiefs are the measuring stick. I think when they're on your schedule and they're the upcoming opponent, you're getting ready for that game and you're like, all right. How I do against Mahomes, that says something about me. That says something about my career. If I'm a coach, as we're getting ready for this game, you're going out there and you're coming out of it. That was one hell of a hit. Mm -hmm. You're coming out of it, and you're just like, all right, I think we got a shot. I think we can do something out here because you're measuring up against the champs, a team that you know is going to be there at the end because of the guys they have. We mentioned it earlier, Mahomes, Kelsey, no matter what you're talking about, these guys come up. So I think at the end of the day, they always have the biggest target on their back because of what they've accomplished. Mm -hmm. I think the Jets is more more about what everybody is saying about them. They're pub. Yeah, we get excited, but hey, the, the proof is the proof and the facts are the facts and the Chiefs are that. Do you team.
6: not think it's annoying when a team gets their flowers before they've accomplished anything? Don't you feel like that is the story with the Jets, that like they're already being gifted these yeah. primetime games and being
5: gifted all this attention when they haven't done squat on the field? 100%. And that's why we see it. And also in the preseason, you know, they're on hard knocks. Like I, I want to go and put a performance together to go against this because it's going to be on TV. Everybody's going to watch mm-hmm. it. And you hate that because if you're sitting there, like I said, the Giants... It's like we were better than this team last year and we got better in the offseason, but still, they're only talking about them. I think it's the Chiefs.
3: I think if the Lions' opening night were to beat the Jets, it'd be like, oh, good win. If they're to beat the Chiefs, they'll have a parade. Like, sure. that that would be the biggest Lions win in years. It'll be a crazy upset. We'll all be losing our mind. Oh, my God, the Chiefs lost. If the Jets lost opening night to so the Lions, would be like, oh, well, they have, the Lions are good. We saw that coming. Mm-hmm. I still think it's the Chiefs. I think it's the standard. There's something much more personal and spicy about the Jets thing because it's not based on winning. It's based on hype. Jay, another question. Players right now, the players who are in the league. Do you think they watch hard knocks like you know? I never did. Yeah.
5: Um, I think some guys watch it. I think a lot of guys see the clips. Clips. Yeah. I think a lot of guys on, see the clips. On Twitter. You see different people posting. And post the clips Instagram. are good. Yeah. Like, I, I think generally, I think on the
3: field, Rodgers is liked. And I mean that by other guys. Like, I, I vividly remember this years ago when Erlacher retired. He's like, I'm going to miss the conversations I had with Rodgers. Mm. Like, they had a great back and forth between plays. They would talk. They would chat. I think the jihad word thing that Peter talked about had animosity to it and F-bombs and everything. I think that's the exception. I think yeah. Rodgers busts chops. If you see him out there, he's smiling in real games. Laughing, like, patting guys on the butt. I think he has this thing with the Dominican Sioux that's like a pro wrestling thing that's gone on for years. I think generally people like him. I don't think there's a real uh, animosity towards Aaron Rodgers. Mm. I think there's a little bit of an eye roll about how much publicity they have. But I I roll back at that. I, I am at the point where I am so sick of hearing about the Jets coverage and why are they getting so much coverage. Because it's really interesting, yeah. guys, yeah, because there's why. been no games played because maybe the best quarterback ever went to the huge media market and a new team, even if it wasn't a huge media market, even if he went to the Jaguars, it's really interesting that he's changing teams and he has a new coach and we've been watching him for 20 years. And it's like, oh, they got so many primetime games, it's annoying. All you people do is complain about the primetime matchups anyway when you don't like them. And now <laughs> that you have Rodgers in primetime, it's too many. There's been some other games I can name that had been in primetime that you have complained about nonstop. We're talking about the Jets. If they lose by 30 30- Points to the Bills. We won't talk about them anymore. Yeah. We'll talk about them the next day, but then it'll be over. Right now, it's it's a story. I, I apologize for nothing. We should be talking. You about Do you feel
6: jets. like there's pugilists out there and there's say like who like would love to see the Jets fail on their face, yeah
3: right? Cool. Don't yeah. you yeah. have a feeling? Yeah, yeah, I would think so. I think
1: that happened when Rodgers first arrived. I I will admit. I was expecting to be much more annoyed by the Aaron Rodgers Jets experience. I was like well. kind of bracing for it, but that I kind of chalk that up to okay, I grew up in Minnesota. I was kind of uh, sick of him anyways <laughs> with the Vikings. Yeah. Like I, I get it. But I've been pleasantly surprised by his behavior. But I, I talk about his body language, the way he's come across on Hard Knocks, the way he's handled himself in the city and in the media and the awesome. way he's practiced. He's been awesome. I think it's the Jets because I think people, to Kyle's point, are more annoyed and they want to take down, take down the Jets more. If if you get beat by the Chiefs, you're like, good game. We appreciate you. But, like, you won the Super Bowl last year. The Jets, I think people are just like, I'm sick of you. I want to take you down. That's well, why the I think, bigger.
3: I think they have, uh, Robert Sala is not unlikable. Like, I don't, I don't think right. he turns people off. I think you look at these young guys like Garrett Wilson, likable. If your sauce is around too much, maybe that's annoying. Quinn incredibly likable. I, I do think that the hard knocks thing has worked really well for them. The moment – let's get into the moment we're talking about it. For some reason, we don't have the video. But Rogers, Jihad Ward – Kind of gives him a little tap. Throws it, five Well, after later. he throws yeah. it. And Rogers is me, what the bleep are you doing? What the bleep are you doing? And he Rogers says to him, I don't even know who you are. And then Chad says back to him, I don't know I don't who you know are. You Rogers are. goes, bold bleep, you don't know who I am. That's how, like, that's how players talk. That's how guys talk. Like, that's how people talk. I love that moment. I think I think people watching that and yeah. players watching it be like, oh, Rogers is a yeah. dog. Him like, going back and
5: pushing him. Ward right away. Like, Great. Like, what are you awesome. doing? Okay, Rogers, I like Great. that side awesome. of you.
3: The I don't know who you are, turn around so I can see what your name is a classic. Oh. It's a first ballot Hall of Fame insult to a player. Especially a when a first then,
5: ballot Hall of Famer says it, says it to you. To you. Yeah. What you like? right. Yes, right.
3: you know exactly. And, why.
6: and then for
1: Rogers to go to the sideline and brag about it, he's like, yo, listen to what I just said to Ward. He knows the microphone's on you.
6: Y'all are going to enjoy it. Exactly. I'm actually not sure Rodgers does know who Jihad
3: Ward is. so no, I
6: don't think he does. He's the he guy that wants to yeah. shove him. Yeah.
1: That was it. Uh, this is probably
3: the biggest thing that's ever happened to Jihad Ward's career. <laughs> that is He's had true. a nice career. <laughs> yep. I mean, tell me it isn't. He's an NFL player. Yeah. YouTube Got a lot
1: of TV is or... the new home of NFL Sunday Ticket. Being an NFL fan has never been easier because you can watch every game every Sunday exclusively with NFL Sunday Ticket on YouTube TV. Sign up now. You get 50 bucks off. Terms and conditions apply. For more information, visit NFLSundayTicket.com. Still to come, our show. Tua Tungavailoa's health will be at the utmost importance this season. Dolphins offensive tackle Teron Armstead joining us later to talk about it. So the NFL yeah. will be broadcasting college football games this weekend nice. on both NFL Network and NFL Plus. On Saturday, it's the Prudential Brick City HBCU kickoff classic featuring Grambling State in Hampton. and Hampton. On Sunday, tune in for the Black College Football Hall of Fame classic when Morehouse College takes on Virginia Union. Yeah. More on that in just a moment. It kind of ties into our next guest. We now welcome to the show a four-time Pro Bowl offensive tackle out of Arkansas Pine Bluff. Welcome to the breakfast table, Dolphins, Dolphins offensive lineman Teron Armstrong. What up, Teron? Let's go, baby!
9: Hello, hello. Good morning. Good morning. Great
1: to see you. Uh, we appreciate you starting your morning. I know you have practice later today, which is great to hear because, uh, Teron, you suffered a leg injury during joint practices with the Texans nearly two weeks ago. How are you feeling? Back to 100%, ready for week one? What's the prep like as we are 10-ish days away from kickoff?
9: Yeah, we're working. We're working just trying to um, get the, that low leg injury into to the best possible um, feeling and, and, and function that I can possibly get to um, by week one. And, and that's definitely the goal to be out there for week one.
5: Yeah, we're looking forward to that. We want to see you out there protecting your quarterback, Tua Tonga-Vailoa. And he spoke about it this offseason. He's taken up jiu-jitsu training to learn how to fall. Does that add any pressure to you guys up front? But then more important than that, has he taught you guys any moves or anything that you guys can now apply to your blocking <laughs> techniques?
9: Uh, I won't say that it's added any pressure. Our number one objective and, and goal every, every snap is to protect the quarterback. You know, We want to keep him as clean as possible. Um, that, that's regardless of, of any other circumstances or any other situation. So that's that's objective number one. Yeah. Uh, Tua hasn't taught me any of those those jujitsu moves, but it has been it's very it's been very impressive to see him be able to apply uh, those techniques so so fast and without thinking about it.
6: Tyrone, you played your first nine seasons for the Saints. Obviously, had a ton of success, and your head coach was Sean Payton. Now you're playing for another great offensive mind in Mike McDaniel. Two very different personalities, but I could imagine there are some similarities. What is one thing that Sean Payton and Mike McDaniel have in common? And I don't think it's going to be their cadence and how they speak.
9: Yeah, uh, definitely some differences, but for sure similarities. I would think the one most glaring similarity between the two would be their attention to detail both are very particular where they want people to be the timing the motion mike mike goes crazy on the receivers tyreek included if if the motion isn't right or full speed or if it's a return motion he don't get and 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 tap the hip of the tight end before going like very small details and sean was very particular about the small things as well that would be the the one um super close comparison i can make
3: you know, we talk about your head coach a lot, Mike McDaniel. We talk about Mike McDaniel constantly on the show. He's in the running for being the best quote of all the head coaches in the NFL. It might be Dan Campbell, but McDaniel is in the running. Was there a moment, <laughs> as much football as you've played over the years, when you just realized, whoa, this coach is different? He talks different. <laughs> he presents different. Tell us a story about when you knew that this was not your normal coach.
9: I, I, I would say it happened pretty early with, uh, with Mike. His Just his demeanor, his approach, his swag... Uh, and not a knock to shine, shine P at all. That's my guy. But Mike, got, he got a swag to him. He got an aura about him. Um, he got an energy about him that's, that's, that's just different than any NFL coach I've been around. I've been with a lot of, a lot of great ones um, throughout, my, throughout my career. But, but Mike just has a, a different approach in the way that he sees the game and the way that he communicates that is just, it just has a different feel.
6: Teron, the last few weeks, it's been the Dolphins are rumored for this running back, whether it was Dalvin Cook or in the last couple of days, Jonathan Taylor. And yet at the end of the day, it appears like the Dolphins are going with their current running backs room. How has that been going in the building when every day Dalvin Cook or Jonathan Taylor is linked to your squad? Meanwhile, you guys have a crew of guys that you feel pretty confident with. What's the conversation internally when all these rumors are linked to the Dolphins for other players outside the building?
9: You know, we try to control what we can control. And uh, that outside noise can be loud at, at times, but we're focused on what we have here in the building. Uh, extremely confident in our running back room and their ability and, and different skill sets and attributes that these guys possess. You know, we're all about bringing in great players, for sure, you know, so if it's, if it's great players out there that can come help our team I, I don't think anyone would be opposed to that i know for a fact anyone wouldn't be opposed and i'm not just talking running back any position you know you, you get great players on the, on the roster that's what you want but we, we focus on what we can control and and we're working and we'll be we'll be ready for we want
1: as you always are, uh, Teron. as I mentioned to start, uh, NFL Network continues to shine a light on college football at HBCUs by Aaron Games here on NFL Network and NFL Plus this season. You are an Arkansas Pine Bluff legend. Tell us about your experience not only playing at, but also getting drafted out of an HBCU.
9: It was great. My, my time at Arkansas Pine Bluff, I wouldn't change a thing. Uh, left with a, with a SWAC championship, first ever Arkansas Pine Bluff history. So very, very proud moment for me, one of the best moments of my life. That experience just brought us really close together, just having that, that, that real tight-knit group, guys that I call my brothers for, for life. The energy, the culture, the history, the, the, the grace that played before myself and, and so many others, uh, it's just a, it's an amazing experience.
5: I love that first SWAC championship. It's nice to start tradition and be the first to do something. And, Teron, why is it so important to you to shine a light on all the talent that are coming out of HBCUs so guys can follow in the same footsteps as you have?
9: It's so much talent down there, man. It's it's, it's so much talent. So many guys with different skill sets and abilities and and drive and work ethic that... I won't say get forgotten because I feel like the, the NFL and the scouting department of the NFL is doing a really good job of, of seeking and finding those small school guys, those gyms, but I just want to continue to bring that awareness and, and get rid of that narrative that the talent level is, is lower or the, it's special players down there, very special players, at those HBCUs, guys that are very driven and, and goal-oriented that really go, really go and get after it.
1: That was the last time Arkansas Pine Bluff won a SWAC championship. It was when Teron Armstead was there. It's <laughs> fantastic. Games this weekend on <laughs> NFL Network and NFL+. Plus. Teron, we appreciate you. Get healthy. Stay healthy, man. Good luck this season. We'll talk to you again.
9: Appreciate it. Thank you. Absolutely. Fins
1: up. Fins man. up. Don't say that too loud. Our next guest is listening, most likely. Yeah. He beat you know, them in the
9: playoffs last
3: year. That's
1: true. That is true. Sean McDermott, coming on the show.
3: Sean McDermott's working kettlebells right now. Mm. Let's get it, Sean. Gotta get that lift in, baby. Getting after McDermott. it, I think he's watching
6: all the Jets on Hard Knocks.
0: You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower.